Ladies and gentlemen, live from Discord, interrupted Jesse Kimball. It's Thursday, and you know, and you know what Get that means. Material. <laughs> it's Podzilla After Dark live here on the Podzilla 1985 <laughs> podcast. Here with, I'm, my name's Shannon Young. Here with me you, tonight. Hang on, hang on. You keep saying live. Are we actually live? Live on tape. Jesse Kimball's here with okay, us. Okay, there it is. <laughs> live on tape, that's the best kind of live. It's me, that guy that I am. Lindsay Wolfgong. Hello, hello. From the spirit realm. I'm not Enveloped in white. Light everywhere. <laughs> Shelby Chan. I'm only an optical illusion. Yeah. That's what we keep telling Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to believe. That's the new the new show coming to Podzilla 1985, hosted by Jesse Kimball. I refuse to believe. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a follow-up show to I Want to Believe. Yes. It, it, it's immediately after Jesse takes all the stories we talk about and tear them apart. Oh. And he starts the show every week with you bunch of ignorant sluts. <laughs> I mean, I've got to get at least like three well actuallys in there. Well, and, and well, actually, Double H is here with us tonight. Oh, Shannon McGarnagle and Billy, he's dead. That's right. They slid him from ear to ear. Dead serious about getting slid his throat slit from ear to ear. Hey, oh, I'm eating a sandwich. I'm eating my lunch here. Anyway, oh so it's kind of a, a late show here. We went out to, to Buffalo Wild Wings and ate dinner. And I want to give a shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings for accidentally giving me double the wings that I ordered. And I was going to say something, <laughs> but I didn't. Oh. I, I ate the wings and now I regret it. <laughs> do you not remember the time you were at Buffalo Wild Wings until like 1.45 in the morning? I do that remember was that. Restitution. Yeah, I they almost, paid you back. I almost told that story. It was me and Zach. Mr. Pink was there. And we were there after oh, a CCW show until... What, are you talking about Zach? Until 1.45 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I personally felt bad for the guys there, but, you know, it listen, was... Listen, here, Shannon, though. as your intellectual superior, I've got to tell you... Uh, Motherfucker, that, you ain't my intellectual. You ain't my intellectual spirit. Actually, oh. I'm, I assume you are. I assume most people here are, except for the guy in the bottom right corner in the dark. That fucking dork. Also, potentially appearing later, Tanner Calvert via potato from from his car. Uh. He's uh-huh. a, he's actually uh he's he's logging in via short short form radio, which I don't even think is a term. Short form, okay. I don't well, know. I don't know. What it means. Make a quick change real fast here. Short <laughs> form radio, short wave radio. That's is that pro- what you were going that's for? That's probably what I meant right there. Yeah, Hunter, while you Just are say ham radio, man. No, because then because then I'll get hungry. Um. <laughs> Hunter, really quick, in case we don't get a chance to do uh, Horse Time tomorrow, can you please read yeah. off those those names for us? 
I can. Asa Gray is named Crevice Seeker. Um, so that's a great start. Cody is Dick Blatant, aka Night Wang. <laughs> Hold on. Hold the fuck on. I forgot about Dick Blatant, aka Night Wang. AKA Night Wang. God damn. Uh, my, name, my name is still Corn Ghost Bear. Uh, Bob is still Pie Butt. <laughs> Jesse just morphed from the Grand Warlock of Mexico to Shore Form Radio. Uh, Kaz is potential cream rag, and I don't like that one at all. Nor do I like that your name is Squirted Circle. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna mix two. I, I'm gonna change the order of two of them here because I think it's important. Tanner is prophylactic friend, but then. <laughs> But then Steven and Zach back to back are peppermint possum and redundant raccoon. That's my favorite. That's my favorite Fox Kids cartoon. That's my favorite combo. Yeah, yeah that's the best one. That's my favorite one. I I, I forgot about oh. squirted circle. That sounds <laughs> dirty. Circle. Well, you were tipsy doing PWU and things happened, you know? <laughs> you <laughs> got to be done. You've got to be drunk to talk about wrestling these days. You can't do it sober. Oh, you just can't. No. If things keep going the way they are, we won't just won't do it at all. <laughs> at all. At all. Feels like I'm not doing a show at all. <laughs> Dalton actually texted me this morning. He was like, hey, did you and Hunter talk about WWE last night? I was like, yeah, that reminds me. I better, did we? I better post PWU. <laughs> It's one of those shows that I kind of just wish I didn't post because it was it was half baked and fully tipsy and unhappy, very angry it show. Was good, though. Angry young I mean, men. It was, it was important. Angry young yes. men. If yes, you're, we were. If you're new to the show, by the way, uh, if you're listening, because I know we got a lot of new listeners. Um, I don't. All the time. I don't drink normally. You drink abnormally. He's gonna let that settle. Yeah, Shelby. He- he like covers one nostril while he does it. I don't know. It's weird. Let that marinate, bud, just for a second. <laughs> I right. suggest you do so. I don't have a single thing to talk about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I mean, that's. I mean, there's stuff. I, Kevin, it, Kevin McCarthy uh, finally got the necessary votes. Yeah, yeah uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders banned critical race theory in K through twelve in Arkansas, so that's yeah, good. I mean, yeah, Those we just are... heard that Lisa Marie I... Presley died. Yeah, yeah, according to Tanner, who apparently found out from his car. Um, his car told sure. him. Yeah, I just think it's weird that his car talks. Honestly, <laughs> he just got Kit from Night Rider. <laughs> the, the, I want to I want to briefly mention this critical race theory thing though because and I, and I, I promise I'm not going to harp on this but here's my favorite Please part of that story. Do. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the governor of Arkansas now. In case you didn't know, yes, she has apparently banned critical race theory in K through 12 in the state. Here's what's funny about that: um, <laughs> they weren't teaching that in K through 12. It wasn't ha- it already wasn't happening. She may as well have banned tigers in suburban areas. That just roam free. They're not allowed to do that. Well, they weren't doing that already. <laughs> uh, but uh, Hunter, so I would like to buy this funny part. <laughs> but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> the important part, though, uh, is that's the funny part. The The other side of it is, as was pointed out to me, but what do they think critical race theory is? Like, well, that's that thing where you want to go, I know what it is, but you explain it to me. That's my because favorite SNL joke where Heidi Gardner says, I am so <laughs> mad. They're teaching yes. critical. What is it and why am I so mad about it? 
<laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. That's what that's what's kind of scary about it because, uh, as was was pointed out in the bit, um, if if their version of critical race theory is even talking about black people and they've banned it, this is bad. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to be but, a real problem. Because like they already talked hey, about. Hey, like, what do you know uh, from his car? Ask the just. Oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ Tanner. Tanner. The sound is ungodly. Where are you? Mute the microphone while you're getting everything settled, man. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're aware. Uh, but anyway, Lindsay, going back. Lindsay couldn't take it. She left. <laughs> She's out. She went she to grab cat. a cat. Yeah. No, I'm getting a cat out of my Pokemon cards. Oh. Uh, uh, into my car. Anyway, because <laughs> like you, you already joked. Like we talked about this before about how shit like uh, Black Wall Street and stuff along those lines. Like I thought that was fiction until I looked it up. Right. right. Uh, because that's something that like it, yeah, like because that's something that I very much I didn't know uh, like happened because history books didn't teach it. So they already aren't. Like so, what right. else are they gonna try to remove? Like, it is, no, they, is literally only ever taught at the college level. Even then, my understanding of it is that it is generally taught at the graduate level. So we're not even talking like undergrad. We're talking it is it is a it, like master's a, level and above. Because it's theory. a philosophical theory. Yeah, like, right. It's not. It's <laughs> not something like, it, and it's not. The idea is like they. So I guess it's just saying like they can't talk in K through twelve about like systemic racism. Like, is that how this is going to see extend? that? And that's the thing. That's totally different. And that kind of thing absolutely should be discussed at some form or fashion. Obviously not in in kindergarten. I disagree. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> somewhere yeah, I mean, along the way that should be discussed. But. Uh, to put this blanket statement out of critical race theory again, what do you think that is? Because I, and I've not read the contents of the law, so if it's super vague, that's terrifying. If it's very specific, then it's like, all right, we we definitely will not do that. Thank you for for making that distinction. <laughs> My favorite part of this is from the Wikipedia page for critical race theory. It says uh, academic critics of critical race theory argue it is based on storytelling instead of evidence and reason Redre- rejects truth and merit and opposes liberalism like everything Donald Trump says but they don't have a problem with that that is fucking gospel but critical race theory that is clearly that's created by you know that's created in a Hollywood lab that's, that's, that's a, that was racist propaganda that's clearly. the race is against whites they oh, are yeah. they are they are they, they are. are yeah <laughs> Jesse, we call that we call that reverse racism. Uh. <laughs> Jesse, anyway, you remember reverse racism? I, I do. Oh. I do. I remember the first time somebody ever used the phrase reverse racism around me, and I was like, "Do you mean not racist? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you trying to say?" No, here? if you're if you're being racist against whites, that's reverse racism. What that, that means? That, that's just that, racism. That yeah, that white people are the only race. Is that what you're trying to say? Think hard before you answer that question. Please. Put some thought into it, goddammit. Jesse, go ahead. I've interrupted you with my nonsense for too long. No, nah, that's fine. I don't even remember. Like, It was probably some kind of point about, I don't know, teaching things and shit in places. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Advocates of bands <laughs> now. argue that critical race theory is false. 
anti-American and villainizes white people. Because we are the villains. <laughs> in that story, white people are the villains. Can I say the story? In that non-fiction story called History... Jesse, do you uh, Jesse, do you remember so, when uh, black people got on the boats themselves and 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 paddled themselves over to America so they could be our slaves? Do you? Oh, funny enough, do you remember that time that black people burned down Black Wall Street out of out of protest for something? Probably, I don't know. Yeah, and they dropped bombs. Taken, yeah, you know, in in Oklahoma, that's yeah, yeah. So this is this is directly from the story about the the Sanders and the the thing. It says on the campaign trail, Sanders pledged to restore a quality education for children, one without politicized curricula and pedagogy. In her inaugural address, uh, address, I was trying to decide if it was pedagogy or pedagogy. I don't like that word. <laughs> anyway, in her inaugural address, uh, she said schools need to return to teaching quote reading, writing, math, and science, not training and progressive frameworks like critical race theory and gender ideology um so this so what she did is she signed an executive order this is how it's like quote-unquote banned it directs the secretary of the state's department of education to review rules policies and regulations that could quote indoctrinate students with ideologies such as crt that conflict with the principle of equal protection under the law or encourage students to discriminate against someone based on characteristics protected by federal or state law so Basically, she told the Department of Education's secretary um, they needed to review the state's educational materials such that they don't indoctrinate students with ideologies uh, that this is would just more cause vague. them to discriminate against people. This is more vague yeah. nonsense. Yeah, C- CRT is mentioned only in this, cl- you know, little snip of it anyway, uh, as a as, as an, an example of that, uh, right? <clears throat> of something that would cause you to discriminate against other people, and it's like, yeah. man, you're suddenly very concerned about discrimination down there in Arkansas. And my other favorite thing is like when hmm. these people talk about, like, well, you know, it wasn't just black people that were slaves. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> Oh, well, Jesse, God. to be fair, who is the who is the most uh, oppressed people in the United States of America today? White men, you know. All right, Logan Paul. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> I don't even think he's, he's prob- done. I don't even think I he's done say, that. He's probably, he's probably said something about that. I don't know why he popped it. <laughs> uh, like, there's a lot of like, reasons. He is the whitest man. You're gonna you're gonna look at that motherfucker, Shannon Young, and you're gonna tell me that he has never in his life said something about being discriminated against like being a white man is hard. I think he's got I don't think anything's ever been hard for him and also <laughs> literally nothing. Also he's got about fifteen other problems right. right now. He doesn't have time to worry about that one. He ain't sweating that shit. He ain't sweating being a white man. A white <laughs> Christian man. A white <laughs> Christian <laughs> man. <laughs> We're not doing this. Once he gets through all of what he's going through now, then he's going to Look how hard it is to be me. Well, yeah, and then you, you hear Donald Trump talking about he's he's the most persecuted president in U.S. history. That's true. Of all time, which That's is why true. you should buy his hundred dollar virtual trading card. No, you, no, hundred. Those are sold out. You can't. He's right. They sold. They he's sold right. Out well, why not? They just are. It's a digital. <laughs> just make <laughs> another one. <laughs> you can't just add to the blockchain, Jesse. Jesse. No. Jesse. 
Jesse. Yes, Shannon? Oh. Do you remember when we worked at GameStop and there was a pre-order code for the Juggernaut? Yeah, X-Men, uh, what was that? Marvel Ultimate Alliance? I remember I think? Yeah. yeah. Marvel Ultimate, Ultimate Alliance 2. And and there was yeah. a you had to pre-order the game to get the Juggernaut, and the codes were limited, and we got so people got so angry at us. Well, just it was a GameStop exclusive pre-order yeah. bonus, right? And so, GameStop ran out of fucking codes. They apparently they ran out of numbers. They used all the numbers <laughs> possible. No more, no more numbers. <laughs> they Jeez, they no made. More. This Linton's reaction says One of them it all. Was zero, and then they were like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> they, There's no more left. They counted to 500 and started sweating. What's after 500? There is none. There's nothing. Um, why is that Linton in jail? Why, <laughs> where he belongs. Why is it for his crimes? You can tell. It like it's in the pound. It's either about to be, put, it's about to be neutered. You can tell. <laughs> that cat's about to lose its testicles. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, while that's all taking place, you've got you got Sleepy Joe Biden getting caught with classified oh, documents in his private office, and it's like, come on, dude! All right, we I, just went thing through about this. this. <laughs> my favorite thing about this is people say people using that exact phrase, like he got caught. Like, no, his lawyers found the documents. They contacted the federal courts and like. Hey, we found these documents. What do? I'll just bring them back by. And they did. <laughs> my end of drama. My favorite thing <laughs> is uh, he said, uh, "I wish I could find the quote." When they asked him, you know, is you know, is this a problem? He mentioned that. Well, they, unlike the Trump things, these were secured in a lockbox, a storage box, or he said, or at least in a closet. And I'm like. <laughs> That's that's important, Joe. That's the bar. The bar is literally in hell at this point. All you got to do is just get right over. And they were at least in a closet. At least All they were right. in a closet. That's better than what we were dealing with before. Oh, better than at a golf resort. <laughs> and then, like, telling the FBI, no, you cannot have these documents back. Well, they belong, belong to him. To you. Yeah. Oh. Well, oh. Yeah. Because like that, Joe, what happens I, if someone opened the closet and found the documents? Well, they're not gonna. <laughs> they're not gonna open the closet. You know. That, that'd be bad. That'd be bad. Be real bad. They don't know the closet's there. Why is he turning into Harry Carey? They don't know the closet. They didn't know the closet's there. What happens every time. The longer you do it, the more I expect you to go, Hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. <laughs> if the moon was made of green cheese, would you eat it? It's a simple question. <laughs> I would, and I'd wash it down with an ice-cold Budweiser. <laughs> It's kind of like my impression of my old store manager. Uh, there it goes. Yes, it's the, <laughs> it's the exact impression. I'm yes. <laughs> We're aware. I think, By the way, I have now officially learned that Shelby can't take the hey, Jesse, in that voice. Hey, Jesse. So if you ever need to just break her, just go, hey, Jesse. <laughs> there it is. Jesse, next time, next time well, you guys, know how we're ending the show. when you go to bed and she wakes up in the morning, be right there in no. front of her and go, "Hey, no. Shelby." <laughs> think, I think I'll title this episode. Uh, I'm gonna title this episode "Scraping the Bottom of the Barrel." 
<laughs> Shelby couldn't slow down. <laughs> Shelby has her list. Yeah. Wait, there's a list. Your do. list? I'm ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the things of five. Your yeah, list. The things of five. That sounds like a cryptic Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> the, the things, things of five. Of five. I'm also time. absolutely about to make that somebody's name. <laughs> the things of five. The things of five. <laughs> I think I'll make that mine. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I was desperate. I, I really, I was really trying to think of something to talk about. <laughs> I really was. Uh, I'm disappointed because I wanted to buy Grid <coughs> Legends. Just came out today on VR, and I've been waiting for a VR racing game native to the Quest Two because I don't want to have to hook things up or you know anything like that. And it just came out today. I was super jazzed for it. And I've been reading the reviews, and I saw the video. I still kind of want to get it. It has a two-hour refund policy, but apparently the graphics are borderline like Sega Saturn level for this game. And if you've if you've ever played Grid, if you've ever played Grid, Grid is a gorgeous racing game. It's very very pretty, hyper realistic. Um, it's kind of the point, right? It's like Forza. Like it, it's got the the super great graphics, and then like it's fairly. But this was like less in depth, right? But Forza's yeah, Grid like really, was. Yeah, Grid is supposed to be more arcadey, but still has like right. that attention to detail. Oh, so it's like Forza, Forza Horizon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find a picture yeah, of, the, of the Quest version to send to you, just as a comparison, because it really needs to be seen to be believed. Because there for a little while, Codemasters were just fucking killing it with the racing game scene. Like between Grid and Dirt, uh, like both of those, like Dirt especially, flying <laughs> off the shelves, could not keep that game in stock. All the reviews on the PS3, like when the PS3 first launched, that was the big yeah. PS3 like racing yeah, dirt. game. Dirt. That's what I was thinking it was. Dirt. Yeah, it's it, a- we played the demo for that an awful lot, like to the point that we were told, "Hey, stop playing the demo." <laughs> and then it was but also right there. it was one of my favorite. Uh, it was Dirt McGurk. If you remember him. Well, it was, but then uh, when they when they in the racial draft went to China, then he became the old dirty Chinese restaurant. That's true. Uh, I got a video. I'm gonna send to you real quick. This is actually from the Quest Two <coughs> website advertising the game. If you want to take a look, just click the video. It's about 30 seconds long, and you can see. Look at the video, and then look up any screenshots of Grid, and go, oh, okay. <laughs> Cause I mean, what what I, did they do? I mean, I mean, again, it's in it's in VR, so you get to play a cool VR racing game. But man, look at those oh, graphics! Look at those! God, it really does look like a Sega Saturn game. It's pretty bad. Jesus, it it looks. Why? I yeah. honestly like my my first and immediate thought was uh, Twisted Metal on the PlayStation One. Uh, I went with uh, virtual racing for vir- some reason. Virtual racing, but, I but think, yeah. is is pretty good. Like, I'm sure Man. when you're actually playing, it feels better because you're you know you're in the game, you're looking around. But visually, right, like, but still, boy, you talk about downgrades. Mm. That's like, mm. ah. oh yeah, EA. <clears throat> EA hasn't always owned Codemasters, have they? Uh, I don't think so, but I think the Saudi investment fund owns EA. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do have a stake in five percent share. Yeah. All right, Lindsay. What is the top? Whoa! 
You okay there? Hello. Well, this seems like a good time for me to interject real quick. I know this is not the show, but uh, just to, to follow up on the, the whole WWE thing, uh, now every rumor is coming out from the, the PIF is still involved as a possible, like the pool of potential buyers is gotten crazy. It's that. Including. Nick supposedly yeah. met with Disney uh, and ESPN. And what's the big uh, one? Apparently Tony, Tony Khan. Tony, Tony Khan. Khan and his people yeah. have are in the pool. Here's the thing about that one, though. Ain't no fucking way. Vince's whole thing is he came back so that he could have control over the sale. He wouldn't sell to Tony Khan for literally twice the money the PI could get. Hunter, Hunter, I desperately want him to sell it to Tony Mm -hmm. Khan because that will be the ultimate fuck Vince McMahon. Walk away with your tail between your legs. You sold to the competition. You are WCW now. You are WCW. You would never do it. That's what. Never do it. That's the only thing. And then what's crazy is when Tony Khan. You know, uh, Shane McMahon shows up and says there is a McMahon name on the contract. <laughs> Shane McMahon. <But> it's, <laughs> it's Shane McMahon. Both of them end up going under an impact is still around somehow, even though we've been saying impact would be dead for 20 years. Wouldn't now. that be funny if impact survived the wrestling war? They're the cockroach the only of the wrestling world. <laughs> oh, Jeff Jarrett somehow goes back and is back in control again. <laughs> Slap nuts. All right. Lindsay, so, what? Uh, uh, anyway, I, I just want to go back real quick to the Codemasters thing. Apparently, in 2020, uh, Take Two and EA were in a bidding war for uh, ownership of Codemasters, and uh, EA won it. This so, be, to be fair, what is Codemasters other than uh, Grid? What do they make other than Grid and Dirt? They've been around for a long time, man. Uh, I mean, they did Grid and Dirt, Sega Rally Revo. Oh, they did uh, Dungeons and Dragons on the old PCs. Uh, they did the Overlord series, which was basically you know Pikmin if you didn't have a Nintendo console. That's a that's a pretty cool one though. That one, yeah. Project you know, Cars Gray Rally. They did that back on uh, what was that the N sixty four? Oh shit! They were in charge of Lord of the Rings Online. <clears throat> uh, wait, is it the actual one or is it the other one? The Shadows of Angmar. Mm. Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> That's what it says. With that, that sense of the dinosaur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, it was original. I didn't know Codemasters did that because I remember Turbine did it. I didn't know Codemasters had a hand in it. Oh, oh shit. They made the Turbine. Game Genie. I don't know how I didn't know this. They made the Game Genie. They were the ones behind it. Like, Galoob released it. Yeah, yeah, but... Codemasters. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, developed a device called the Game Genie because they've been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, they have. I'm looking at a list of their games that they did out. Bunch of BS games, bullshit games, derivative, bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> derivative. Uh, they did Big Nose now the Caveman. That was a good one. Whoa! Uh, boy. They, they also did Big Nose Freaks Out, which was the sequel, I suppose. Mm, uh, <laughs> that is. Oh shit! They did the realm uh, online. I'm gonna need you to stop saying those words in that order, please. Uh, what big nose? It's making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, they did Mike Tyson boxing on the PlayStation. I didn't even know that existed. I oh shit! Codemasters uh, worked on the Need for Speed Unbound game. Fuck! Apparently, they helped Criterion with that. Fuck! Wait, no, they make good games. Yeah. It's just this EA one merged. game. Yeah, EA merged Codemasters subsidiary Codemasters Cheshire into Criterion Games, an existing subsidiary of EA. My favorite uh, as a support effort for Need for Speed. 
my favorite thing is if you look at the last games that they've made, like the last 10, it's F1 2018 Dirt Rally, F1 2019 Grid, F1 2020 Dirt 5, F1 2021 Grid Legends, F1 22. They've got a thing. Their website says specifically that they develop racing games. Like that's where I went first. Apparently, since 2015, after they did that overlord, that like what was the second or third overlord game, yeah. they're they're done with everything but racing. Like that's all they do. And in fact, if you go back further, like there's that one and everything else is racing or vehicular combat all the way back to 2012. They also so, did, and right before that, they did Operation Flashpoint, which I've heard is a really good tactical military shooter. So, yeah. And now they've made Grid Legends on virtual reality. <laughs> Yay! Which I'll probably buy. All right, Lindsay, what is tonight's top ten list of for David Letterman? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing top ten. We're doing top five. And it is five crazy fan theories that we find interesting. I don't subscribe to fan theories. <laughs> um, okay, I can do this. They can be for video games, TV, movies, books, whatever. Okay. I'll try. Well, that's good I'm because good. we're starting with I Jesse. Uh, pass. <laughs> you can't pass. You can't pass. All right. Uh, we'll yeah, start with like the, double the, stamp. The, theory, the theories that I like, uh, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the Pokemon theories before. Can I do the, critical race theory? Yes. No. We're not in Arkansas. According to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> That's Arkansas, uh, but but Austin anyway, Lane yeah, lives no, there. There's a lot of Pokemon ones that I really really like, but I'll I'll just stick with one and the one that I can think of off the top of my head. All right, let's start with, the, with uh, oh, you really gonna go? Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, right. yeah. It's the it's the Pokemon theory that like they are they're in prequels, uh, which at this point like has is very much like not a thing anymore. But I like the idea that uh, the the first games, Pokemon Red and Blue, like Gen One, is like all these, uh, like all the Pokemon that aren't in that generation are now extinct, uh, and went extinct like during the big wars that Lieutenant Surge was a part of, and all that fun stuff. It's a good theory. Uh, yeah, Basically, the first games debunked. are the last games, and you work your way backwards. Correct. Yes. I mean that makes sense considering the fact that in the first game, Professor Oak's like, "There's 150 Pokemon, and that's it," and then. Th- a few years later, he's like, there's actually a thousand and I'm bad at my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're in different regions, though. Yeah, you go to the dude, region. some guy that lives in America doesn't know what's happening in England. There's no way to know. That's, there's that's no right way how, to know. That's how the world just is, though. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm half joking, but I'm also half serious. Like, yes, I'm aware the joke is the internet, but also how many people exist in the country and they go, what the fuck is happening over there? It's just that cat looking over the snow. What they doing over there? <laughs> people don't know. They these, just don't know shit. Yeah, but these motherfuckers have a ball that can shrink down an animal or they choose to shrink down. I forget how it works. Lindsay, how does it work? How does a Pokeball work? Where do babies come from? Um, <laughs> don't it's not important. Me. Move past it. Just move past <laughs> it. Yeah, we just move past it. It's Frank in the coil. Just move past it. All right, well, we're going to move past it right to Shelbu. I'm also going to do a Pokemon theory. Uh, Giovanni is Ash's real dad. I've, I like that I've heard of that theory. It's that a fun is, one. I'm a, fam- yeah. I'm a familiar like with that theory. theory. I'm a familiar. I'm a familiar. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I'm a familiar I mean, it's Chris Pratt. <laughs> it makes things kind Mario. of make sense in terms of Team Rocket because, like, how do they always in this entire area? How are they always near Ash? 
when they do capture his Pokemon, they're never, like, mean to them. It's basically he's Giovanni's weakest lackeys that he has sent to watch over his son. Or his best lackeys to watch over his son. And all the rest of them are just real terrible. Right. You have to be really good to look that bad. Where did Tanner go? Yeah. Uh, oh, he should. He actually like straight left, didn't he? Well, he muted himself, yeah. and then he real. I think he realized it was going to take him a bit longer to get out of the car than he thought, and then he left. Well, in his absence, also driving through Illinois, so there's there's a distinct possibility that he just has no service for anything right now. We're gonna we're gonna go to Hunter now. Yeah, we are. All right, I'm doing the only one right now. Also, uh, for the record, pretty much all of mine are, are movie-based, although some of them are kind of like franchise-based. Anyway, um, I'm going to do the only one that I think somebody might take, and that's Shannon. Don't do it. I is, feel like I know what you're going to do. Um, The reason why the Ghostbusters are broke in Ghostbusters 2. So oh, okay, they very no, much talk like- about they very much talk about being sued, right? Like The, the movie doesn't touch much on it at all, but they do give that passing mention of here's why Ray and, and Winston are doing yeah. uh, uh, birthday parties and the other two have left and they're doing other things because they got sued by the city, county, and state of New York. It's the callback to the joke from the first one. Um, but I, I like the idea that it's a little more specific than that. So I'm going to read this from one that, that I had read somewhere. Um, at the end of the original Ghostbusters, we see the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man attack New York after being thought up by Ray. Unfortunately, in doing that, Ray violated the copyright of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, conjuring him up as a horrendous figure and seriously damaging the company's brand. <clears throat> this caused the Stay Puft Marshmallow Company to sue the Ghostbusters <clears throat> for misappropriation and illegal use of their license. All of New York likely heard Gozer order them to choose the form of the Destroyer, uh, or destroy it should be Destructor. Uh, and <clears throat> when on the stand, Ray was forced to admit that he thought of the Marshmallow Man and chose him. The lawyers of their company then argued that any of the Ghostbusters could have thought of any unlicensed or public domain entity and that they chose Mr. Stay Puft with malice. Uh, the lawsuit becomes a strong victory for the Stay Puft company, which leads to a further string of lawsuits from the rest of New York, basically, and that's what depletes their funds. So I like the idea that the Stay Puft company kicked it off. That they're like, no, you chose our fucking mascot and ruined us. That's, and that's, it's on you. It's honestly not a bad theory because imagine yeah. if... Oh, I love it. You know, the Michelin Man was dreamed up by somebody, and the Michelin Michelin Man murdered a bunch of people, and nobody bought Michelin tires anymore. They would sue the yes. shit out of somebody. Someone's Absolutely. losing money. Yeah, yeah, and not to mention, I mean, it was it was the time frame. Uh, you know, in in history, you're talking in the late '80s, early '90s when we weren't worried about like internet property and 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 the way things are handled digitally, and all that. It was literally here's a property, it exists, you're using it, it's ours. Uh, you're at fault. Done and done. Right. I think it's I think it's great. I, I it's not it's kind of a pseudo theory because the movie states that that's why they're broke, but not specifically that one. And I think that's the important one. That's a that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, my first one, oh, be, because I was desperately trying to think of one really quick, was one that I've heard a long time. And I've actually I don't I don't believe it, but I like the theory. I think it's interesting. And that's if you've ever played spoiler alert for a game that came out in like 1997. Um, if you've ever played Final Fantasy VIII, there's a theory that at the end of disc one, has, has anyone here played Final Fantasy VIII other than me? Yeah. Okay, yep. okay. Beat. So at the end, you remember at the end of disc one, uh, Sorceress Edia hits you with a crystal whatever that goes straight through you, 
And the theory is yeah. that Squall is dead. That the rest of the game is right. just a dream or his dying his dying moments. Because if you notice, at, at that point of the game, the game gets really weird. You go into space. There's just weird, weird shit that happens. And the thought is like, how the and hell? It's also the first time you play Laguna. Yeah, like you, you, and you, you switch over to his, his memories, thing. right? Yeah, it, it makes it makes no sense. Like, there's no way anyone could have survived that because he literally closes his eyes and he's just gone. And there's a bunch yeah. of stuff that kind of le- lends, uh, you know, uh, credibility to that because at some point I don't, I'm looking it up. I don't even remember some of this. Um, somebody tells him you've become just a memory. There's a part where he. Um, Apparently he looks at himself and he goes like, you know, my wound, I don't have a wound. How? There's no way he didn't have a wound. That motherfucker got impaled by a crystal. Right. And it's never referenced again. It's just like out of the, out of the, and then there's, there's this one picture I remember and I, I don't, I don't think I'll be able to find it, but there's a picture of Squall where he has like no face. Oh, wait, here it is. Yeah. Uh, it was about to say, I was actually just looking at that. <laughs> yeah. There's this picture that pops up later. And it's just like there's so much shit that happens that's just incredibly Ugh. creepy. It's very unsettling. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so, it is. Kind of resembles a toe. I don't like it. Well, that's a, what is it, Lindsay? That's a toe headed uh, space boy, or what'd you call it? <laughs> Lindsay, come on back. <laughs> I'm not commenting. <laughs> she's got a cat. She's happy. Yeah. Yeah. Cat is also happy. The cat's yeah, cat is very happy. Which one is that? It's Ember. She was crying outside my door. It's all she does is cry. She's such a crybaby. Look at that cat. Look at that. <laughs> That's that such a happy content. looking cat. Content. All right, Lindsay. Go ahead. Squall's dead. Okay. What do you got? So I'm going back to Pokemon, but uh, speaking of dead, it involves ghost type Pokemon. That uh, It begins with how are ghost Pokemon actually caught because they're basically non-existent they could just phase through the ball well it's because they want to be caught because they're hunting us to consume our souls yeah you know that's right what yeah yeah. so many pokemon entries they feed off the life force of humans and other creatures so they're just in the long haul they're like yes you've caught me i will fight you and i am slowly draining your life essence away (laughs) I like uh, I like that one. It's one of the new ones. I forget which. Or no, I guess it's not a new one, but it's it's the entry for it in the current games where it's like, oh, one of the things it does is show you like the end of, of oh, time. Oh, Gotha, like, Goetha, or what yeah, is it called, Lindsay? The last, the last one of that. Gotha. It's what it, it shows you the end of like time and it's hauntingly beautiful or something yeah. like that. My level, my level twelve Pidgey is seeing the heat death of the universe. <laughs> just, like, it's it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah, of him just going like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, uh, uh, that's good. God help me, I love it. Uh, <laughs> all right, bye, Shelby. All right, back to Jesse. She, she she's she's having some struggles. All right, uh, this is what I I actually remembered while I'm trying to Google other ones. Uh, red versus blue, that game. Uh, not red versus blue. Uh, Team Fortress Two uh, is about. Uh, oh, Shelby's back. Shelby, you're good. I can't hear. I'm not good. Oh, never mind then. I can't hear. I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I'm not. Okay, now my audio is back. Okay, cool. 
Anyway, yeah, Team Fortress 2, it's uh, Black Mesa versus Aperture Labs in the briefcases of the gravity gun and the portal gun. They're trying to get, uh, or the documentation for it. See, so, yeah, it's a two yeah. ar- like two armies hired to try to protect and also steal the opposing corporation's uh, secrets. I like that. I do That's not, a fun one. I do not know anything about that game. Uh, Half-Life and Portal? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, so Team Fortress would just then be like Overwatch before Overwatch existed, and well, you've got you know your your sniper, your tank, your heavy, all that shit. Um, there's not a tank in a heavy. No your sniper, your heavy, heavy, your scout, um, uh, spy, medic, spy, uh, pyro. Yeah. Medic is the one I was trying to think of. You say yeah. vampiro? Yeah, there's pyro. Just just pyro. Vampiro. Vampiro. <laughs> uh, yeah, like there's actually a. Because at this point, Team Fortress is old. There's some people out there that may not have uh, ever heard of even Team Fortress. Uh, there's a there's a Meet the series with each of the character classes, and it's extremely well done. They're very, very funny videos. It was a very, very fun game. It was straight up, like Hunter said, Overwatch before Overwatch existed. And in uh, that way, it's also like Overwatch because there's no story in the game, but you can watch no. those videos. <laughs> yeah, you watch and those videos. Them. And they, they give you some lore there. Yeah, that's very similar to what Overwatch did. And then, yeah, I like this, like the, uh, you know, that that kind of like theory as to why they're fighting uh, Black Mesa versus Aperture Labs. Okay. Is Shelby back? I am. <laughs> Let's go to Shelby. It, sort of. Uh, Neville would have been the chosen one had he had the right here. wand. Uh, yes. So in... In the books that states, you know, he's not actually he using a wand that he went and picked from Ollivander's. He's actually using his father's wand in honor of his father. So if he had actually gone through the process of picking his, or not pick, having a wand choose him at Ollivander's, he would have been set up to be the chosen one in Harry's place. Yeah. You guys, saw, well, let's get Tanner on the line. He knows more about Harry Potter and, and Wangs than anybody. I mean, I mean, there, there's not much to do other than confirm it. That's, that's correct. That's how the the wand thing works uh, in in that universe. Is that it? It picks you. You don't pick it. Um, and and there's a, a definite advantage to using one that like chooses you. So yeah, yes, had he had that, also has the same deal of his parents being gone and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. That's that's kind of the classic theory for those who don't know is basically that Neville would have been the the chosen one had Harry Potter not been there. Basically, that he has the same setup with, like you said, the the parents and the the whole thing. Um, he's also the one who pulls the sword, the the yeah. sword of Godric, uh, Gryffindor, sword of Gryffindor from the hat. Yeah. Did you say sword of so, Godric? Hell Godric yeah. Gryffindor. That's his name. Hell yeah. God yeah. no. Godric fuck, Gryffindor. Fuck that. Godric the Grafted. It's Godric the Grafted. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> Oh shit! What if Elden Ring is just Harry Potter, but after everything goes to hell, <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> or gets better? I mean, let's be honest. New fan theories. Uh, Hunter, I'm also gonna do a Harry Potter one before Tanner gets here. It's, I think it's important that we do as many as possible. Um, <laughs> uh, Fred and George, once they leave and run their little shop, Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes. Um, among the things that they sell, there's a lot of, of practical joke type stuff because that's who those guys are. They sell candy and shit like that. Uh, but it's noted specifically that they sell love potions. And this has bothered people for a long time because they're like, that's not cool. You shouldn't do that. 
don't do that. Um, they're not real. They're fake. And here's why I think that they're selling uh, is a great theory. And again, that I found online that I think they're selling the fake ones because they know it's, it, that is a prank in and of itself. Anyone who tries to complain or get a refund because it doesn't work would have to admit that they bought a love potion and yeah. tried to use it on somebody. So they're just selling like colorful water that they threw on their shelf. Uh, it also explains why if those things exist, why there's not a mass outbreak of that shit at the school all the time or why somebody didn't spike Harry's food with it at some point, you know, uh, and try to use that against him. They're fake. They're not real. And so anybody who's dumb enough to buy one uh, just gets fleeced out of their money by the two ultimate fucking hucksters in that universe. <laughs> Ooh, I kind of want to piggyback on that with another theory that kind of relates to that, but I'm going to throw should. a should. I feel okay. I know which one you're going to do. Okay, I'll throw, I'll throw the theory and the fact in. So the theory is that Ginny has used her brother's love potions as a tracking mechanism for Harry. That's how she ends Ooh. up finding him a lot of the time. So she's using one of these stupid things to link themselves together in a weird way so that she can find him at all times. It's almost like the gotcha. Marauder's Map, but with a, a fake love potion. Uh, That's not the one I was thinking of, but... So the fact is, <laughs> Tom Riddle, or Voldemort's parents, his... Um, was it the mother or the father? One of the parents used a love potion on the other parent. And this is the reason why he grew up in a loveless home, is because once the love potion wore off, <clears throat> they weren't in love. But One how how in, do we know that? Who said that? Uh, it's It's in... I can't remember who states it in the book. But it's in the book. Whoever it is, they a liar. Hang on, I gotta... Because <laughs> I'm assuming it's either him... Right, and of course he's he's like the devil himself, so he would lie about it. Or it's Dumbledore who constantly lies about shit to get Harry to do what he wants him to do. Actually, yes. I think it was Dumbledore. Hang on, give me one there second. Dumbledore, Dumbledore there lies about everything. Dumbledore's full of shit. Yeah, like, he's a piece yeah, I mean, of like, he, bastard. He, 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 Dumbledore, Dumbledore, is, Dumbledore with that picture of Garfield. You you are not immune to Dumbledore's propaganda. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dumb Dumbledore is a very classic. Uh, the means justify the ends uh, oh, kind yeah. of character. Gaslight gatekeep girl balls. Mm -hmm. That's him. Do you say the means justify the ends? Wouldn't it be the ends justify the means? Yes, but Okay, so it was <laughs> it was Dumbledore. Yep. That checks out. More like Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> and there's even a B there. <laughs> Grandmaster B. I like that. <laughs> you mean Bedwetter B? <laughs> Is it my turn? Grasshopper I've, I've only got two more, and then you guys can take over. Um, <laughs> and I'm really scraping the like the name of the show, scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Uh, this one was a fan theory that turned out to actually be true, so I don't think I could use it, but I'm going to because I'm desperate. <laughs> and that is that Super Mario Brothers three is not real; it's a stage play. Oh, it's a play. It's a play. Yeah, yeah. I yep. never noticed it until I saw. And it two online. is two, isn't it? Two is a dream because it. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I was gonna say because it opens up with the curtain and all that too. But yeah. that's that's on the character select screen. Yeah, two's a dream, three's a stage play. The first one is like the only real right. thing that ever happens to them. Because if you ever noticed in the third one, and it's little things that I always noticed, I never thought about. Like all of the background stuff is like uh, bolted to the wall. Yeah, yeah. And Mario it's walks bad. off. He walks off stage right at the end of every level. Um, it yep. very much is a stage play, which. It's really weird when you think about it. Man, Miyamoto got... I don't know what mushrooms he was on. 
But well, even when you do the trick to go get the warp whistle, you just drop behind the scenery. You go behind the scenery. You drop to the yep. background of the set. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so I always thought that was really cool, though. Good. When you think of Mario yeah. Three as a play, and then Mario Two wasn't actually Mario. That's not a th- <coughs> that's not a fan theory. That's fact. All right, let's go to Lindsay. Right. Uh, oh, do one more Pokemon just because it's right there in front of me. But uh, Charizard has permanently scarred some of Ash's Pokemon, like physically Charizard or emotionally. So emotionally. Oh shit! <laughs> so when he when he evolved. Obviously, he be kind of became an asshole. He stopped listening to to Ash and was just a jerk in general to kind of all of them. So subsequently, Squirtle and Bulbasaur have seen the way their friend is acting, not being friendly anymore, and even being mean and dangerous towards their trainer. And they kind of have like made a vow: we're never evolving because of what this has done. <laughs> I get that Charizard is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's one of those things. I remember watching Pokemon when I was younger and absolutely hating Charizard because he was such a dick. I just remember, dick, like, right? oh, I disliked him strongly. And, especially, and it was so sad when he get, got rid of him, though. Because, like, he had just started, like, you know, they, they became friends again and then, like, all right, peace. Because he helped you look like a dragon, motherfucker. You used to look like a dopey-ass little dinosaur. You show I some, love Charmander, though. Some, like, I was really... Really? Did you love the Charmander oh, yeah. I sent to the group chat that Lindsay and I found in St. Louis? The one with the uh, DNA problem? <laughs> that was a Charmeleon. That's a Charmeleon, that's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, like it really bummed me out when he evolved in the show and became a dickhead. I was like, damn it, because Charmeleon's my favorite. Or Charmander's my favorite. And, and Charizard doesn't even there... look that cool, honestly. I disagree, but... If they changed up the horns on his head, I think he would look a little cooler. I agree with that. Those make him look dirty. Alright, so quick question. What's the coolest dragon in Pokemon? The coolest dragon? Yes, the coolest looking dragon. Flygon. Isn't Tyranitar a dragon? No. No, he's not. Uh, I think he's just like dark rock type, I think. Yep. Um... I mean, my favorite dragon in Pokemon is Dragonite. You're all He's my Shannon's gonna be that but... Godzilla. Nope, you're yeah, all. Sh- nope, my favorite's actually Rayquaza. He's the coolest dragon. Is he a dragon? He is. I had to look it up before I ran my mouth. He is a dragon. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be uh, that, or what is it, Dragapult, like... the ghost one? That yeah, Dragapult. That was pretty cool, guys. Too. I was yeah, yeah. Dragapult. I like Dreepy though. I like his pre-evolution. I like Gumi, but Shannon's like, that's not a dragon. I'm that's like, a, but it is. is a dragon. It's a fucking he slug. A it's a fucking it's slug. It's a dragon type. It's a slug. He is a dragon. <laughs> he is What's a dragon type. It's dragon but, bullshit Z. But I am a little surprised that Shannon didn't go for Baxcalibur. I mean, I like him yeah. too, but like, I just visually, Rayquaza, I always thought looked like he doesn't even look like he belongs in Pokemon. He is such a serious kind of crazy looking Pokemon. I always thought he was bad. Well, at that point, you're almost you got to throw in Gyarados, and Gyarados isn't a dragon either. So, <laughs> God damn it, yeah. What sense does that make? Fucking Gyarados isn't a dragon, but fucking Gumi the Slug is. Apple and Appleton are dragons. Oh yeah, that one's extra dumb. No, the dumbest dragon, the dumbest dragon in Pokemon is Executor. Just yes, yes. Wait, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesse, hang on. I, I gotta go back to this Apple thing. I know you're upset about them being dragons, but you understand why they are, right? Because no? the Pokemon is not the apple; it's the worm inside of it. Worm. Yeah. Oh, instead of W Y R M. W Y. Yeah. 
This is my That's second favorite. This is my second favorite dragon in Pokemon. Wait a minute. That's Fing Fang Foo. <laughs> wait, a, wait a minute. <laughs> that, was, that was very unexpected. <laughs> Anytime I can throw Fin Fang Foom in there, I'm definitely going to do that. All right. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, you went, right? Yes. Back to Jesse. Apple Ton, Apple Run. Uh, all right. My next one uh, is the, the Destiny Conspiracy Theory. That the guardians that you play as are actually the bad guys. Uh, you are an unstoppable undead army created by a malevolent force to wipe out existence in the galaxy. You're doing a good job too, right? You, as the, as a guardian, you have uh, at this point in the game, you have murdered several gods <laughs> and, and like uh, taken down multiple armies. You've taken down like many groups huge bad guys all sorts of stuff uh see i kind of like that theory uh and like the that was like the the, what do you call it the traveler uh the traveler comes in tricks humans into thinking it's their savior and then kills half of them to turn them into guardians nice better than the game all right so oh (laughs) I love that game. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's go. I'm sorry. Let's go no, to Shelby. Not. <laughs> uh, so one of my favorite theories about a series that ended up being very bad, uh, but this is more for the book, and I'm pretty sure it was disproved, but I still really liked it because it made a lot of other theories make sense. Uh, Tyrion Lannister is a Targaryen. So if anyone... Oh, yeah. If anyone doesn't know who that is, Tyrion Lannister is the uh, the half man. The, the half yeah, the dwarf. <laughs> He's the dwarf, the brother to Jaime and Cersei. Um, he in the show it, it doesn't touch on it at all, but in the books there's a very specific way that Martin talks about the way a Lannister looks and the way a Targaryen. Looks. They often talk about the misshapen or small or ugly, the, the, the different deformities that the Targaryen babies are born with, the ones that don't live or the ones that do live and just no one ever sees them because they hide them and don't let them really be seen. They send those kids away a lot of the time. It's the same language that they use. he uses to describe Tyrion, but it's not the same language that he uses to describe any of the other dwarfs in the, that are seen throughout the book. Uh, Another note is when they talk about Lannisters, they talk about their golden hair. They are the golden-haired lions. But when they talk about Tyrion, it's cornflower. And cornflower is often the color that they associate with the Targaryens when they don't want to say white. So a lot of the language and just the way they describe it is... (laughs) Is that just a purring kitty? <laughs> yes. <Aww. laughs> yeah, to, to add to that, uh, the, the show is bullshit at this point. So if the book yeah. is trending toward it, I'll take that. that um, I'm pretty sure that, like, I'm tr- I tried really hard to make the timelines work, but the only way that this works, one, uh, the Mad King Ares would have been his mother, or his father, sorry. Joanna Lannister would have been his mother. Um, right. But the Mad King Ares would have had to have been his father. The only way that this would have come about is on one of his visits to King's Landing, uh, or on one of his travels, 
when the Lannisters were in King's Landing, he would have had to have been Joanna. Uh, usually this only happens when the man and wife are first wed, which would have resulted in Cersei and Jaime being his offspring rather than Tyrion. So that's the only reason this doesn't quite work. And in that timeline, like, that's kind of a normal thing. It, like, you either have the, the what they call the uh, traditional wedding where you have your first night of relations in front of people to prove that, you know, you have slept and consummated the marriage. Or once you have had that night with your wife, then the king has a chance to have a go at her, even though that's, I think that's weird, but that's still a thing that they did then and in that timeline and in that book. So that would have been the only time really that that could have happened. So it, the timeline doesn't quite match up and doesn't really work. And I want to try and make it work as much as possible because I think that's great because that also lends credence to him being the third head of the dragon, which is something right. that they talk about often. Because at, I think at this point, the two named heads are Daenerys and Jon. And that's that's all we know of. Right. And, you know, sometime in uh, 2074, when uh, George R. R. Martin's estate finishes <laughs> those last two books, then maybe we'll actually fucking know. <laughs> right. Oh, also, uh, he has dragon dreams. I don't know if, if anyone else knows about that or if it's even mentioned in the show. I can't remember. He dreams of dragons, and that's usually strictly a Targaryen thing. Right. I have never watched yeah. Game of Thrones or read it. I am lost. Thank you for everyone else that <laughs> didn't know what she was talking about. Because I sorry, <laughs> not my jam. Let's go to let's go to Double H. <clears throat> All right, um, everybody knows the Jedi are not allowed to marry, right? Um, this is part of the Jedi code, but who put it there? Uh, my theory posits that it was the Republic who had that planted into their code. Uh, now, I don't have a specific way of going about how this was done, um, how they managed to convince the Jedi this was the case over, you know, time and, and, and uh, you know, making it part of their, their doctrine. But the thing is, if the Jedi want to swell their ranks, because that is happening in a lot of the earlier, um, you know, movies, uh, the prequels, that is, anyway, why not just start having kids, right? I mean... For every kid that's born, uh, you have a, a chance of them having force powers or a stronger connection to the force. Um, the Jedi want a stronger order, but the Republic doesn't, because the Republic knows what would ha they would have on their hands. It's already kind of a political nightmare, right? They are a semi-autonomous religious order with godlike powers, a handful of them they can control. Um, so basically part of the Jedi code was put together to keep the Jedi numbers from swelling to keep other people from becoming second class citizens against superpowered beings. Otherwise, there's really no reason. There's no, they never say why they can't do that. Just that they can't. It's the Jedi code, but no one ever explains why. Yeah. Cause they, they talk about like, you know, Jedi aren't supposed to have emotions and I guess they don't want to try to separate, you know, having babies from loving other people. Uh, but and and that's just it's functionally silly. Like it just yeah. it never works out that way. It never plays out that way across any media that we see with Jedi. In fact, you know, detaching yourself from emotions in that way, I, to me anyway, they don't really touch on this, but would lend your lend people to being more likely to turn to the dark side to feel something for a fucking change. Yeah, you know. Well, it's so it's like when you when you try to stop yourself from drinking sugar or whatever, eventually you will do it. And you will do it in mass quantities because you've denied it for so long. Right. 
Right. It's Why not? Just, it's it's the the Lord of the Rings. You know, after all. Why, Why sh- not? Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I? <laughs> I like yep. Bilbo. That's all it. right. Let's go to me. So yeah. I don't know if this is a fan theory. I think it's a fan theory, but I have no idea where it all came from. But it's one of my favorite, like, fan-told stories. It's... I don't know if there's any proof to back it up, but I just like telling this story anyway. There is a droid. Speaking of Star Wars, and I may have mentioned it on the show here before. There is a droid on uh, Mos Espa, on Tatooine. You only see it two times in the Star Wars series. You see it in, I think, Phantom Menace, uh, briefly. And you see it in the Skywalker Saga game. In the Skywalker Saga game, it's a very creepy droid. Um, but it's it's called the Ghost Droid, or Nobot. And this droid apparently was found. It wandered into town with scorch marks, blaster marks on it. It can't speak other than playing a recording of a woman begging for her life and being murdered. And the belief is that either he murdered her or he witnessed it. And now he's like traumatized. And he can't do anything other than play that. And he just wanders around town. And he's this super creepy background droid. And if you play the Skywalker Saga, you actually see him in a, in a building. And it's just this weird, creepy moment where he kind of stares at you all awkwardly and then runs off. I just think it's a really cool story. I don't have anything to back it up. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia <laughs> for it right now, trying to find proof that this was even a thing. It's one of those things that I don't know how this story got around, but it did. And I, I like to think that there's a ghost droid walking around Tatooine that perhaps murdered a pregnant woman. And they ain't going to show that on Disney. No, not yet. Or they, well, if the Saudis <laughs> take over, you know they're okay with murdering well, pregnant Meltzer, women. Meltzer said that anyway. <laughs> kind of regret what I said, but I'll stand by it. Let's go to Lindsay and get the heat off of me. <laughs> okay. Pac-Man is a cosmonaut that's dealing with the death of his fellow uh, cosmonauts. Now, Lindsay, tell everybody what a cosmonaut is. It was a Russian astronaut. <laughs> Where the hell did you get that theory from? Um, I was watching a thing yesterday that actually popped up. It was part of what inspired this. Uh, but I'm just going to read the write-up that I found for it. In 1976, cosmonaut Nikolai Pekman was sent alone... To an orbiting space station for what would be called Mission 6 to study the radiation levels and strange circumstances that killed all four of the crewmen at the last research mission. By the third day, Peckman's broken transmissions were coming back to ground control, filled with increasing paranoia and delusion. He claimed that the spirits of the dead cosmonauts were coming to claim him and that he had to keep moving to evade them. He shouted that if he could capture and consume the spirits himself while he still had strength, he could move to the next level of consciousness. Truly the rantings of an insane man. Indeed, video recovered later would show Peckman running around the confined... confined but maze-like station drowning downing emergency sedatives like a madman pausing in a corner momentarily only to throw back vitamin pills and give chase to his invisible demons he had exhausted the entire cargo of vitamins pills and fresh fruit well ahead of schedule it was determined that another mission to recover any remains or gather any more research would be a waste of people's money the station was allowed to drift out into orbit into space a failure that's pretty dark for Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly. And also, who were the, were the the other cosmonauts? Were their call names? They didn't Icky, give Blinky. names for them. 
Um, supposedly, this was inspired by a piece of artwork that someone made. I'm gonna Shelby. save it here because I've definitely seen guys. that picture that you're talking about. Shelby, yeah, can, it's can you name? Awesome. Can you name the four ghosts from Pac-Man? Inky, Blinky, Winky, and the other one doesn't match, and I can't remember what it is. Well, it's you not. Also got one of them wrong yeah. too. Oh, Jesse, Jesse, correct her. Uh, the one she was looking for is Clyde. Clyde, yeah, uh-huh. that's the weird one. And then Winky, Winky is incorrect. Pinky, Pinky, and Clyde. Yeah, Pinky, Pinky is the one Pinky that you were looking for. Yeah. 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 All right, let's go back to Jesse. What? Why me? Uh, <laughs> so this is one that I actually hadn't known about, and I, I, I kind of want to read more into it now that I, you know, I'm sitting here Googling it. Um, Commander Shepard in Mass Effect is being indoctrinated the whole time. By critical oh, race you theory. you would know if you listen. If you listen to the inquest, you would know. Oh shit! <laughs> what, Hunter? Yes, Lindsay, I have I have seen that exact picture. Hunter, before uh, before he continues yeah, with awesome, this, uh, what is the inquest? Oh, the inquest is a solo scripted show I put together on the network starting last year. There are uh, four episodes technically, one of which is a two part episode about Ghostbusters, uh, one of which is about Mass Effect, and one actually is about Game of Thrones. Uh, generally about overviews of the series but also often about uh their kind of ups and downs the game of thrones one was specifically about uh the television show and how it kind of collapsed under its own weight uh and and yeah you can check it out at podzilla1985.com right now where i hear you can now search by tag so if you ever want to search for just the uh the inquest episodes you absolutely can you can also search by pro pro wrestling and scripted Pods Left to Dark, yes. I want to believe. Wow, what a great feature. All right, Jesse. <laughs> I mean, that's the gist of it. So, uh, you know, if, if you've never played the Mass Effect series, which I know Shannon is not. Yo. Um, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the main bad guy across the three games, you don't really learn about them until uh, game two, uh, are these things called the Reapers. They indoctrinate people into their service like they to you know further their agenda and uh the idea is that commander shepherd who you know inevitably saves the world uh is being indoctrinated throughout the the game trilogy and uh even like the final decision which felt weird to other uh to pretty much everybody at the time of release uh for mass effect 3 the the final or the final decision in the game makes a lot more sense under the premise that, you know, he's being indoctrinated by the Reapers. But uh, I haven't read that much into this theory. I plan on looking into it more tomorrow and uh, perhaps listening to some Hunter Hendricks guided dialogue about it. <laughs> it comes toward the end of the the episode. It's uh, it's part of the discussion of, of, like, choice and media and that. But, yeah, the, the gist of it really is just that um, – the reason it comes down to the controversy about how bad the ending was in in three, how it kind of felt like the whole series built up to pick red, blue, or green. All are bad, um, and and that that is the the level of indoctrination that Shepard's under at that point. That really, um, I don't want to spoil it for you, man. Never mind. I'm gonna let you listen to it anyway. It's yeah, it, it's it's a good theory, and that that little color theory plays into it with that, uh, especially the red and green. I'll tell you maybe off the air anyway good one i like that yeah that that is one thing that i did notice about like because they talk about the code in the game for the final decision uh is even coded in the standard uh because you going through the entire game you have like uh blue are your good choices red are your Mm -hmm. bad choices Mm -hmm. uh for like good versus evil and it's kind of like even coded that way a little bit like for that final decision 
day-to-day life. Green means go, red means stop, right? And yet red is the only one that destroys the Reapers. Choosing the so, red option is the only one that completely gets rid of them. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I plan, on, I plan on doing a lot more looking into that tomorrow because it sounds very interesting to me, though they did uh, change the the ending with uh, some DLC to try to appease some folks, so... Yeah. Uh, Fucking fans. <laughs> Fucking fans. Yeah, what's the worst part about wrestling? Of uh, Mass Effect. All right, let's go to... <laughs> Jesse, did I ever tell you about the time that I started nothing. I started working with this gentleman at Gaming Grounds years ago when he... I was his boss, and within the first week of us working together, he sent me a picture of a naked Asian man with a giant dick that said Masarek 3. Uh, yeah, you haven't told me that story. I want it's you to a good think story. about that. Let's go to Shelby. Uh, my next one is a Naruto theory. Uh, it's something that I Nightwing. had actually told Jesse earlier today. Uh, Neji was right. That family name is everything. What I didn't mentioned to him is that Naruto's suffering was predetermined because of this. So in this show, Naruto is an orphan. Uh, everyone's afraid of him because he has the nine-tailed fox sealed inside of him. Everyone thinks he's going to be nothing because he is nothing. He has no family. He comes from nothing. Like There's no hope for this kid. And he doesn't really seem to be talented or anything. Later in the series, once he starts to get stronger, one of his team, not teammates, but one of the classmates that he has tells him you will continue to be nothing because you are born from nothing. If you are low in life and you are born that way, you will stay that way. And while this statement is true, when you later find out that Naruto was not actually born low in life, he was born from a very powerful person, the reincarnation of a very powerful person, imbued with another powerful creature, uh, you then learn that the suffering that he went through, all the hardships that he went through, was a predetermined lot for him to make him a stronger person to become the savior that they ended up needing. But Neji was right. In that in that world, if you are born low, you stay low. And that's a really sad thing to think about. I also don't know Naruto. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, well, you're not going to like my next one because it's also a Naruto theory. I mean, I think that kind of goes along with Japanese culture in general, right? Like they. I don't like that they, picture like, of Batman I posted. No, I think more, I mean, Japanese like, culture is more of you will work your way to the top. Well, I mean, I'm talking like super traditional Japanese culture. Like they put a lot of emphasis on family names. Like if you oh, don't yeah. come, if you don't have a good family name, then the best, the highest honor you can hope to achieve is to die for one of these noble families. Uh, like either as a guard or in the service of their army or whatever. Yeah. How do you think the they would feel? feel about the name Kimball? Uh bad okay because <laughs> why jesse nothing all right let's go to hunter <laughs> <laughs> okay um i'm gonna throw some some fairly heavy world war ii stuff at you bear with me on this this is an indiana jones theory that i like basically uh the events of the first movie ultimately completely changed world war ii or at least led it to to what ends up happening so bear with me here at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indy and Marion have to get off of the the island where the Wrath of God is like opened up, right? Where the the um, covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, is opened. So, in theory, because the Nazis left a ton of equipment behind, Indy would have 
easily been able to hijack or rebuild a radio there and recontact Captain Katanga, the guy who was in charge of the ship that they were on previously, uh, to come pick the two of them up. In doing so, Indy tips off the British and the Greek governments, because this is a Greek island, uh, to the existence of this island, which they called Geheimhaven, the Nazis did for the record, um, which is now their their abandoned secret Nazi submarine base that's in the middle of the Aegean Sea, and that's huge for diplomatic and military strategic reasons. Germany just lost a secret naval base in the Mediterranean. They're not going to get another. That would have massively changed U-boat operations in there uh, during World War II if it's still been operational. Uh, it's also a major loss of resources for the rest of their marine uh, and naval services. Um, if it did not become public, public knowledge, it would still rapidly and decisively alter the way that the British, the Greek, and the American military got involved, pretty much. Um, the revelation of that island existing would make it very clear Germany was preparing for a new naval war of commerce raiding with Britain. Um, Britain, of course, is the clear strategic target of a base right there, which would hugely accelerate the Greek government to support Britain and the Allies. So to tack on to all of this, basically, um, it becomes the inciting incident for the tube alloys project. The U.S. Uh, government and Black Chamber might not fully believe what Indiana Jones has to say at the end, uh, that there's an island of mysterious dead Nazis. Um, but if they were to visit that for themselves, it'd be enough probably to convince them not to open the Ark. Um, they're now in possession of proof of powerful and bizarre energies capable of devastating an entire island naval base. So they decide to try to reverse engineer that, which ends up becoming the Manhattan Project. Basically, Indiana Jones is the catalyst for the atomic bomb. And that's, because of Raiders. And that's why they pair, paired him up with uh, Shia LaBeouf. That's it. That's it. Yeah. The the Well, if he's going to create the atomic bomb and they're going to pair him with the box office bomb. Oh. So. <laughs> I didn't like yeah. I didn't like that. <laughs> he didn't either. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Who would have thought they would he wouldn't enjoy being paired up with a plucky young dude named Mutt Williams? <laughs> Mutt. Mutt Williams. Williams. I don't. Uh, I only have one other one, and I'll make it quick because we're at over an hour at this point. But that's, and I'm pretty sure this has been disproven a thousand times. But to me, it still makes the most sense, and that is that James Bond 007 is just is a. a code it's name. a code name. Yeah, that's why there have been so many James Bonds. Right, because the Bond yeah. series takes place during the Cold War. It takes place during you know the the present time. Um, it just makes sense because one James Bond, the super secret spy, always introduces himself. As James Bond. He doesn't use a fake name because it is a fake name. James Bond is the fake name and 007 is the code for that. Um, It just makes sense, people. And I know that I think the creator said that's not true, but I'm pretty sure the creator is awful and also an awful person. So I'm not listening to anything he says. The the only big problem that the films have with that is that there is one continuation. And I forget now if it's Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Dalton. um, no, what I was going to say was Cody will correct me. I was going to say oh, Dalton yeah. will correct me because I'm used to saying that. Um, I don't think it's Timothy Dalton. I think it's it's uh, Roger Moore. Um, in two back-to-back Bond films, his James Bond is, gets married, uh, his wife is killed, and he visits her grave. But is it the same so actor? If it's, or is no, it's two different actors? ones. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's two different, two different ones. Yeah, it goes from, from Moore to Dalton or something like that. No, 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 no. Lazy one B. of them's married to her. One of them then, visits the grave of gotcha. and it's the same name and all that Dude, so I the, could, the idea there was like well then it can't be but I could bullshit my way through it that was actually the new James Bond sister it was his half sister it was his cousin he wanted to go see her grave 
Sure. <laughs> Definitely. Look, in, yeah. the, in the entertainment world, you can bullshit your way to anything. Lindsay, tell them the, next, the bullshit you got up next. The bullshit I also, got up Pierce next Also, Pierce Brosnan is the best is James that... Bond. <laughs> is that Kevin McAllister grows up, changes his name, and becomes Jigsaw. I, I heard that through you recently. I kind of like it. I mean, so all the, all the traps and things that he set up for the wet bandits could easily permanently disfigure, if not kill someone. <laughs> and... you're, you're not entirely wrong because they actually made, I think I've sent this before. There was an episode one of a satirical show called like rides or something like that about like an, it's like an Uber driver. And the first episode yep. is yep. Macaulay Culkin reprising the role of Kevin McAllister as a full grown adult. And he's fucked in the head. He ends up kidnapping a guy and torturing him. So, <laughs> You might not be off on that theory. Also, Shannon, you're going to have to bullshit a little harder. I just sent her grave to the group chat there, a picture of it. It says, beloved wife of James Bond. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> beloved wife of the first Bond. And the new Bond, because Bond is the code name, you see. So the new Bond is going to see her. <laughs> <laughs> fell apart before 10 o'clock. You didn't quite make it to the end there. Oh. Uh, let's just go back to Jesse and end this. I don't have another oh, one. Oh, right. Uh, I, I actually do have another one. I, I uh, the, the classic this Reservoir is the last Dogs. One, right? Yeah. Yes, last round. Yeah. Uh, Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction Theory. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah if, if anybody's seen both films, uh, or at the very least, Pulp Fiction is the, the one you really need to see. Uh, at one point in the film, a uh, John Travolta's character shoots a kid in the head in the back of a car accidentally. Uh, you know, well, blood he, goes everywhere. He shot Marvin in the fucking face. <laughs> he shot Marvin in the fucking face. That is that is what happened. And uh, blood's everywhere. Car is covered in blood. Like they're driving in you know Los Angeles. Like how the fuck is it that like you know they never get stopped by a cop? How did they make it? And the theory is that all of the cops in town were too busy dealing with the events of Reservoir Dogs. So they, they managed to slip through. They just got lucky, basically. Well, that's not entirely out of the question because uh, Michael Madsen's character from Reservoir Dogs and John Travolta's character from Pulp Fiction are brothers. They're the Vega, right. they're the Vega brothers. Yeah, because I think Tarantino has confirmed that like most of his movies exist inside like the same oh, yeah. universe. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they, uh, but, they legitimately were making a film with both of them called the Vega Brothers to capitalize on it, and it just never happened, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that theory a lot. It's a lot of fun. Also, uh, Re Reservoir Dogs is okay. What? It's okay. I like I, I like I like it more than Pulp Fiction. Oh, I didn't I say, hold on, I didn't say I like Pulp Fiction more. I also think Pulp Fiction's okay. <laughs> Pulp Fiction was really uh, I, good for two reasons, and those reasons were John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but Mr. Yes. Pink was a hater who wouldn't have waiters. <laughs> I mean, it does have one of my uh, favorite lines, but why do I have to be Mr. Pink? And I'm not going to tell you what he says. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I like Reservoir Dogs a lot. I do like Pulp Fiction more. Uh, I like both of those movies. I, I like a lot of the I've Tarantino said it before movies. Here. 
See, I do too, but weirdly, I like a lot of his his later stuff. Like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I've I've watched that a million times over. It's sitting right to my right in there. Django, yeah. uh, Django. I, mean, Django I was about to say Django so Unchained oh, and Glorious uh, Bastards. Glorious Bastards are my two favorite Tarantino. I, I yeah. re- after watching it, I really like the Hateful Eight. I don't think I'll ever watch it again because it's so long. I but I really liked did it. Did not yeah. like the Hateful Eight. We, we it. saw it. I liked it, and, and I think it was strictly because we saw it on New Year's Eve um, at a at a theater in St. Louis that you still had like the five star lounge. So this was before every theater had reserved seating and food and all that. Um, we we watched it on New Year's Eve, and they did the old like thirty five millimeter print. Plus, it was the one that had the intermission. It was like three and a half hours long, uh, but that was awesome because you got the full blown like dark theater experience for it. Never watch it again after that because nope. I remember thinking like this is as good as this will ever get, and I'm not going to tarnish <laughs> my my memory of it past this. And why was it so good? Two reasons: Samuel L. Jackson and Walton Goggins. Oh, you importantly left out Kurt Russell, Kurt there, Russell who what? smashed an actual uh, fucking ancient guitar, like like one of a kind mm. guitar. You you heard about that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so there, what happened here? Jesse, real quick, the, the guitar. There's a guitar that's used in the movie, and they they like had one on loan from a museum because it needed to be very specific to that time frame. You know, Tarantino wanted a super accurate version of it, so they got one on loan from a museum that they're like, you have to be super fucking careful with this. They created a replica for him to smash because it needed to be smashed. And in the scene, Kurt Russell grabs the real one because he didn't know they hadn't swapped it out yet, and just destroys it. And I forget, Shannon, who's the actress who was holding it? Uh, Jennifer What's Jason her Lee? name? I think so. She like her reaction to him doing that. She freaks out as a character, but she's also freaking out as a person because it's a real, genuine reaction. She knows what he just did. Um, Kurt Russell paid a lot of money to, to <laughs> that museum, as I recall. It was like, but sorry. But to be fair, it's Kurt Russell. He can do no wrong. It's also Kurt Russell. He, yeah, was, he probably just like winked at him and took off. I lo- <laughs> he gave him the fake one and was like, no, this is the one. This the real one. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Don't worry about it. He signed it. Like, yeah. it's great. And now, like, he gives back the parts and, like, the fake one is like, and now there's a fun story. Yeah. Go. Right. <laughs> how are you going to criticize him? He was Tombstone. You know? Oh. <laughs> he made Thriller. Yeah. All right, Shelby. All right, so my last one is another Naruto theory, so no one's going to give a shit. All right, let's go to Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, Shelby. Right. Yeah, just, I'm uh, kidding. Uh, they are setting Sarada, which is uh, Sakura and Sasuke's daughter, up to be the next villain. And the reason okay. being is because she is very much one of those characters who is going she wants to be the strongest she wants to be the most powerful she wants to she wants to be, be the very yeah best. exactly she wants to she wants to ash catch him that shit dude uh <laughs> and in this in this world again the family name is everything the uchiha line has a very fucked up history behind it at this point most of which they end up becoming the villains in their own mini-arcs off to the side that no one sees or hears about. Uh, especially from her dad, who at one point has become like the main villain of the Leaf Village because he just fucks everything up and ruins everything for them and kind of tarnishes their reputation for a while. So, and the usually the characters that are money, uh, like, not money-hungry, power-hungry and just going for, like, I'm gonna be the greatest there ever was 
uh, they end up becoming very villainous and getting power by any underhanded means necessary. So I, I think they're setting her up to become the next villain for this series. That would imply that that series is still going on. So Naruto isn't, but Boruto, Boruto is. Boruto is and stuff. Yeah. And that's the series in which she's introduced. For the non-anime watchers, this just sounds like the landfill bit from, from Beer Fest. <laughs> Boruto showed up, and he's exactly like his his brother, and also he would like you to call him by his name. <laughs> and and he's been, he's, his brother's been talking to him every weekend, so he knows everything that's happening. <laughs> he knows all their names. <laughs> oh my god, I love that bit so much. I love that that's movie. so great. Ah, <laughs> uh, Hunter, let's go. What do you got? Last one. All right. This, this is my favorite fan theory of anything of all time, and I apologize. I'm going to get very into this. Um, Tim and Lex, the kids from the original Jurassic Park, are clones. That they are not oh, actual I've children. Heard this. I've heard this. Okay. So here's the deal. First of all, the later Jurassic Park movies, or I guess Jurassic World movies at that point, uh, Fallen Kingdom that. and Dominion, they lean heavy on yeah. human cloning, right? I mean, they, they very much lean into that with an actual human clone character. Um, but even before all of that, go back to this original movie. First of all, if you've ever read the book, the Jurassic I, Park book. I have. They are, yes, they are. Both great. It's it's one of the few times that I can recommend the movie and the book mm-hmm. with an understanding that they're the exact same story, but almost completely different in the, at the same time. The yep. characters are like almost direct mirror opposites. Alan Grant is described as like a big bodybuilding type, you know, muscle man. Um, and John Ham- John Hammond is a maniac. Like mm-hmm. he, he's he's absolutely the antagonist. He's an evil old piece of shit, as opposed to you know, kind warm fun yeah. Richard Attenborough. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, this is how the movie version of him is actually also evil. Uh, the whole thing is that, first of all, he oversells the park from the beginning. After the the lawyers and the scientists see his plan with all the herbivores, they're sold. Um, he should have then put them back on the helicopter and just got him out, right? He has to show him what he did. He can't help himself. And this is where he starts getting into trouble because he starts showing them things that he should not have shown them. The lab scene is one of the biggest problems there. Um, he says he insists on being present at the birth of every single dinosaur in the park. There's no way. There are herds of at least three different species out there. There's got to be thousands of dinosaurs in the park, and there cannot be any way to predictably set about when the dinosaurs are going to hatch and how long that takes. So the time commitment alone would make that almost impossible. Um, he also says he does it so the dinosaurs will imprint on him and trust him. This is insane. It does not work like that. Uh, he openly hints at cloning when he does like the whole little, here's how we did it presentation. He puts clones of himself on the screen to illustrate the process. Um, he basically is just standing there saying I can clone ultra fauna that's been extinct for a hundred million years. You think it'd be hard to clone somebody who's alive right now? Um, Hammond's team can and do select gender. They make a point to mention this, and you think it's this big, you know, reveal of, oh, we thought they were all female, but that doesn't really have anything to do in the first movie. That's not really relevant until the second movie, the fact that they're hatching and breeding individual dinosaurs. We only get a hint of that in the first one. So why bring any of that shit up? Here's what we know up to this point. Hammond's a madman with no ethical qualms about large-scale genetic manipulation. He dedicates enormous amounts of time building some sort of personal connection with things he creates. He openly hints at cloning himself, and his geneticists treat gender selection with an easy-as-pie attitude. Tim and Lex look like they're there to be plot development for Alan Grant's character. 
where the fuck are their parents? Why did they just leave Tim and Lex with their clearly insane <laughs> grandfather at a dangerous zoo in its alpha stage of testing? Because the parents are never once mentioned, but the parents are never even mentioned. They never cry out for their mother or ask to go home because they don't have one. They don't have a mother. They don't have a home. The most detailed family information is almost non-existent. There's no parents' first names. The book barely mentions any of it. Um, and Hammond doesn't really seem to care about these kids until suddenly he does. He sends them out into the park into a super dangerous situation. Um, when they come back without the kids the first time, he just sits around eating ice cream and not really doing anything. Well, I spared no expense. Uh, but here's the thing. If... if we take into account that he's not really concerned. Why wouldn't he be? Well, he could just clone more. If these kids die, it's not a big deal. He'll just make new ones. It's the Venture um, Brothers. And- yeah, the movie even <laughs> ends without, without acknowledging that the kids survive. No one says, like, thank God you're alive or all we were so worried. It's just get in the car, you little abominations. We're leaving. <laughs> Are you the second I mean, ones or the 17th ones? Like, I've lost track. Well, and right, exactly. And- he doesn't know which ones they are at this point. And originally, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Tim was not named Tim. It was Billy. And the original title for the movie was Billy and the Clonosaurus. Oh, sir, please. <laughs> First of all, you come up with an idea that already exists. Anyway, The top sellers, one of the greatest, most beloved movies of all time, sir. What were you I mean, thinking? Thank you. Come again. <laughs> But yeah, no, long story short, uh, the, the kids are just clones. It's basically Heyman's first attempt at seeing if he can get human cloning past, you know, people who are outside of the island. That's why nobody ever mentions it. And at the end, uh, he kind of probably privately just goes like, all right, solve that problem. <laughs> yeah, they're clones. They're not real people. Yep. And they actually it's maybe my favorite fan theory in most things. I love it. And they actually had a working uh, logo for the movie, too. Damn it! Which I, I thought don't was even know. pretty impressive. <laughs> it was pretty good. I don't um, like that. It says see my shirt at the bottom because all I can hear is see my vest. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's really quick. Uh, mine is. I have a last one actually. Is that I heard that famed podcast uh, hosts Jesse Kimball and Shannon Young were the same person. That they were actually. <laughs> cloned see i heard they were brothers see oh there's so much yeah uh, so i heard i heard that they're twins <laughs> uh, but... which one's which which one which one do you I mean, want you it to can't be? tell them apart when they're beside each other so we can't there's no the difference there's no difference None. no difference all right Lindsay, go ahead. practically identical all right, for the last one, we're going to keep it short and sweet thank god the fairly odd parents cosmo and wanda are actually just antidepressants They show up when Timmy's problems begin, and if there's always serious side effects if he ever abuses their magic. (laughs) Okay, hold on. It's funny you mentioned that, because I'm I'm thinking this is the same thing I saw. Uh, Something I I came across on Reddit as I was just scrolling through random things. It said it was the biggest twist in Cartoon Network history. And it's that, is this the same thing I'm thinking of? That the kid wished, that he didn't have a wish or something, but it turns out he did get a wish, and he wished to stay, oh, what was it? That they would all stay young forever so they could be together. And he did it like 60 years ago. It's this big plot revelation. Did this actually happen or did I dream this? What yeah, is I this know what you're talking, talking about, about, but I don't know all the details. I, I never watched this show, so I don't know anything about it. But I've definitely heard this. 
Well, one, I watched the shit out of the show when I was a cartoon. kid. What, what, what was it called again? What was the show we're talking about? Fairly Odd Parents. Fairly Odd Lindsay, I found, I found not only the antidepressants, but also a, like a further explanation into that theory. Yes. So Cosmo is Zoloft and Wanda is Prozac. Yep. And then... Uh, so it's stated that they were only going to be around when Timmy needed them in the beginning, not whenever he turned 13 or whatever it is. Uh, so they had to, they did change the wording on it later. Uh, Timmy also uses a handheld aging machine to see if the two would still be with him into his 20s, and it turns out that they'd be sticking with him for a long time. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. This has been an episode of fan theories, mostly of shows I don't know anything about. And that just shows you what an uncultured swine I am. But for those of you that did the homework and brought your A game, I thank you. That is, of course, Jesse, not Jesse, Hunter, Lindsay, and Shelby. Jesse and I, the two clones who <laughs> did our best. I have a new theory. <laughs> John Hammond cloned. Wait, which one is the clone, though? Uh, it's oh, got to be Jesse, because he's younger than me. No, no, no. See, like, we can never know which one is the clone. It's the... There's the no events. way. There's no way. Well, it, I'll have to, the, I have to uh, hold you both at gunpoint, and <laughs> when one of you walks forward and pulls the barrel to his head, I go, oh, that's Shannon. <laughs> Thank well, you. Uh, so eventually in Invincible, there. so there's the, this character that's cloned in that in that series. And uh, they specifically, when they're cloned, they have no way of knowing which one is the real one because every single time they learn which one is the clone versus which one is the real one, they kill each other. <laughs> this just reminds me of, uh, of what, oh, the Prestige. Spider-Man? Oh, I was thinking of the oh, yeah. cloned <laughs> stuff. No, no, no. The Prestige, whenever like there's a thousand Hugh Jackmans because he kept cloning himself. He doesn't know which yeah. one's the real and one. And no one knows which one's the real one anymore. All he, had, all he had to do was have a twin brother, man. <laughs> it was so easy. Alright, that's going to do it for us tonight. We might be back tomorrow. The horses might run free, but just in case they don't, thank you guys for tuning in. Good week of shows. Stay tuned for another week of shows next week. Uh, we're glad to be back. For We're glad to be back. And uh, Shelby... <laughs> I can't see you, but I need to hear you. Take us out. Fuck! Hey, Jim.